Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Some of us right now... We're discontent with the circumstances God has in our lives. The job you have. The supervisor you have. The home you have. Do you know why we're in this mess? Because America broke the Tenth Commandment. We wanted what? More. We wanted the trade up. The world has one message that blares out every day. Whatever you have is inadequate and you need to get the latest, greatest version. How do you, as a Christ follower, deal with the messages of greed that bombard you every day? Pastor Mark's teaching today will tell you. He'll be talking about the basic problem that everyone has, greed. You'll find out why you have feelings of wanting more. You'll learn God's method for putting down the temptation to want more. And you'll find out about how to be content. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he begins his message, Greener Grass. Turn to Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, second book in the Bible. There's many sayings in our lives that are common sayings. If I start a saying, you'd know how to finish it. The grass is always greener. Here's a picture of that perfectly, how it looks. There it is. And we're going to talk about today the grass always being greener. And the reason the grass is always greener is because there's a part of us that, well, is discontent. And this ladder is going to be the ladder of discontentment. Now, I won't ask how many here in Melbourne and Avia and Sebastian are discontent. Don't raise your hands, but you're going to find out that you are as we go through. Satan loves to take us up the ladder of discontentment. Now... As you and I think about that, we might say, well, Pastor Mark, when did that discontent start? Did it start when I was a teenager? No, it actually started when you were very young, if you remember. Those of you that have children, it doesn't take long for that child to look at that toy. They're very pleased. They're very satisfied until you take them to daycare and somebody has a better toy. And they begin, mine, I want it. And they become discontent. Let me give you an example of how that works. You have a five-year-old and you take him or her out for an ice cream cone. By the way, good weekend to do that. Take them out for an ice cream cone. And notice they get this cone and it's beautiful. 
They're enjoying it. They're licking it. They're having fun. They couldn't be more satisfied until the next child walks out of that ice cream shop and look what they have. (laughs) You're exactly right. Hey, dad, I need two more scoops. It's, it's common. It, it's part of our nature. That, that's exactly what happens. So we come to this amazing 10th commandment. Let's read it. By the way, you can update it on your own at home. Instead of an ox and a donkey, you can say a Mercedes or whatever you want as we go through. Here we go. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, why would God take this last commandment and talk about coveting? Well, first of all, you have to understand what it is, and then it'll be very clear to you. The word covet has its base, the word desire. Now, there's nothing wrong with desire. God gives us lots of desires, and he fulfills many of those. But the word covet, really, there's two desires we'll talk about all today. Selfish desires and greedy desires. Always wanting more. Now, as you think about that, This Tenth Commandment is very different than the other nine. The Tenth Commandment has to do with an attitude, not really an action initially. You see, all the other commandments are, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. But this commandment is about an attitude of our hearts. Now, the sequence goes like this. We see it. We like it, and we go for it. Now, the reason that happens is because Satan has us on the ladder of discontent. I'm not happy with what I have, and I see something else, and I begin thinking about it. I begin lusting after it, and not always, but sometimes I I simply go for it. Now, the reason this is a huge command, it's kind of like the cleanup batter of the Ten Commandments. God knew that if you and I have an attitude of covetousness, we would really disobey the other nine commandments. Now, notice, people would pursue the accumulation of stuff, and that would displace our pursuit of God. First four commandments, remember, are vertical. They're about a relationship with God. And if I'm pursuing stuff... God will come second, or third, or fourth. But also God knew the other five commands have to do with my neighbors and my friends and relationships with people. And if people have this selfish, greedy desire, then they would destroy relationships with other people because life is all about me and about you. Now understand the difficulty today. This is an attitude The reason we struggle with this commandment is we can't see it. You see, I can't say today as you leave this building, whoa, there goes a person that's coveting. Because it's not external. It's internal. It's in our hearts. 
It's an attitude. Now, I might see it if you go after it. I might see that. But until you do, I really don't know that you're coveting. And nobody else knows except God and you. You see, all of us here have that problem because we have a sin nature. You see that cow? That's you. That's me. This cow has plenty of grass. But the grass, say it with me, the grass is always greener. Now notice where he's going. How much do you want to bet that those wires are electric? Know what he's found a way. How do you think he learned they were electric? Woo! He learned. Now, when you think about these Ten Commandments, don't you remember what we're talking about here? This pathway to the Ten Commandments, obeying them, is a pathway to freedom. All those do not, don't do this, do this, don't do that. That's not negative. That's positive. God put the commandments and all the commandments in the Bible to keep us on the right road, to keep us to fulfillment. It's when we go away from this pathway of freedom that we get in trouble. Now understand, that means all of us in this room, all of us are constantly tempted to covet more and better and newer. Now, why is that? Well, because I have a sin nature, and the book of James tells us exactly how that looks. James chapter 1, verse 14. Now, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires, remember, we see it, we like it. If it stops there, we can deal with it in our heart. But usually we go for it. Notice, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful, here's the key word, actions. This is when we go for it. And when sin is allowed to grow, the end result is death. So today we're going to climb this ladder of discontentment, all of us. It fits you, it fits me. And we're going to see how coveting, wrong desires fit in with the 10th commandment. First thing for you to write today, the ladder of discontentment somewhere else. Write that down. Somewhere Else. Turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 12. One book back, first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 12. Now, Abraham was a pagan and God came to him and said, I'm going to take you from where you're at and I'm going to move you to a land called the promised land, the land of Canaan. And I'm going to bless you and I'm going to use you and I'm going to establish a nation of Israel out of you. Well, Abraham got there. He's a great man of faith. And as he got there, a condition arose, a circumstance arose that caused him to be discontent. Let's read it in Genesis 12, verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Now, God had already said to Abram, I'll provide for you. You just go to the land of Canaan and I'll take care of you. But when this circumstance arose, Abraham climbed the ladder of discontent. 
He wanted to be somewhere else. There wasn't enough food in the land of Israel. He wanted to be somewhere. He didn't like his circumstances. And so this ladder of discontent, he looked over and he saw a land called Egypt. It was known as the breadbasket of the world. Of course, it was a pagan nation. And so while he was here, he saw it, he desired it, he went for it. He took the whole group of the Israelites and they went down to Egypt. Now, when he got there, he left the place of God's choosing and ran there because there was great resources. Well, to be honest, when he got there, the grass was greener. There was plenty of food, but the new place was filled with trouble and heartache. You see, here's the problem. When Abram became discontent, he never asked God, God, do you want me to leave here and go to the next place? You might be in a place of discontentment. Don't make the mistake like Abraham. Don't run from that place. See, Abraham, look, he came up with a solution and he went for it. The problem is he never asked God and he moved out of the will of God. He was discontent because Satan said, look at these circumstances. What kind of a God is this? God can't provide for you here. By the way, do you think God could have provided for him there? There's no problem. But he moved. Now, we know when he went down out of the will of God to a, quote, better place, big trouble resulted. I don't have time to go to the story, but just let me remind you. When he got there, he began to lie. He lied about his wife. He tried to save his own skin. All kinds of things happened. God came and bailed him out. Gave a dream to Pharaoh, the leader, and Pharaoh came to Abraham and said, what are you lying to me about? And just because God was gracious, God intervened and took Abram, blessed him, and sent him back after a period of time to Israel. He sent him back with more than he came with. And you would look at that and go, well, it's okay, just be discontent and go for it because you're blessed more when you disobey God. Be careful. When Abram come back from this discontented trip out of the will of God, he brought back a woman, an Egyptian. Her name was Hagar. That was just the beginning. You see, as they came back into the land, one day, Sarah, Abram's wife, God had said to Abram and Sarah, I'm going to take from you and make the great nation that will bring the Messiah. But of course, they're thinking, well, she's childless. That, how's that ever going to happen? And as time went on, Sarah became discontent. And she climbed the ladder of discontentment. She wasn't happy with her circumstances. She's saying to God, God, I'm getting older. I'm past menopause. My husband is useless. He's past sexually. Nothing's going to happen. You'll never fulfill this promise. Now, I don't know how you're going to do it, God. So she became discontent. She came up with a plan. See, she moved out of God's timing. She didn't like the circumstances, so she's going to speed things up. 
You ever been on the ladder of discontent and sped things up? It never works. Well, while she was there, she came up with a plan. And she said to Abram, Hey, Abram, take Hagar, go have sexual relations with her, and let's see what happens. Well, again, she was discontent. They had a son. The problem is, as you and I sit here, that son Ishmael, their son Isaac, is the problem that we have today with the Jewish and Arab disaster in our world that will never end until Jesus returns. You see, the long-lasting effects were amazing because Abram climbed the ladder of discontent, and so does Sarah. What does that have to do with us? Are you discontent where God has you right now? Now, some of you, it might be physical. I've seen this a lot. Would you rather be in Hawaii, North Carolina, Alaska, than Florida? When you spend your waking moments dreaming about the day you'll be there? Do you know that you can be discontent about a church? Pastor Mark, Calvary Chapel's pretty good, but I'm looking for a perfect church. You don't do everything exactly right here. You're exactly right. That's because you're here. I didn't finish my sentence. And I'm here. Is that better? That is. Perfect church? You can climb this ladder till Jesus comes. You'll never find one. But see, some people allow Satan to make you discontent. Let me just challenge you. God's called you to this church. You stay here until he calls you somewhere else. Think about this. Some of us right now, we're discontent with the circumstances God has in our lives. The job you have. The supervisor you have. The home you have. Do you know why we're in this mess? Because America broke the Tenth Commandment. We wanted what? More. We wanted the trade up. We wanted to get that house and flip it. Ooh, man, did I make it. Watch me flip the next one. See, here we go, Pastor Mark, it's the government's fault. No, it wasn't the government's fault. It was the greed of who? Raise your hand with me in this building. Come on, everybody, raise your hand. Other campuses, that's exactly right. We broke the Tenth Commandment. That's why we're here. It isn't Washington. They got their own problems. They're trying to rule us without God is their problem. But we have our own. Are you discontent because you're in a circumstance that, well, there's a medical issue in your life? Do you question God's ways? Do you question God's timing? So you're discontent where you are? Let me remind you of a great truth. The steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord. What do I do about this discontent? Understand today that God is sovereign. He knows how to take the best out of difficult circumstances and make it useful in my life. As you live, don't become discontent in the place or the circumstances where God has you. Trust God. 
He does all things well. If Abram would have stayed in Israel and not gone to Egypt and not brought Hagar back, if Sarah would have waited until God brought Isaac, what a different world we would have. 9-11 would never even be on our radar screen. But they became discontent. The very thing that happens in your life, in my life. Don't become discontent where you are, in the very circumstances where God has you. Simply be all there. Wherever you're at today, be all here. Be submitted to God. Follow Him with joy and with peace. That's obeying the Tenth Commandment. Nothing greedy, nothing selfish. Just happy to be in the center of God's will. Next thing to write. The ladder of discontentment, someone else. Not circumstances, not a place, but a person. Turn with me to... 2 Samuel chapter 11. Now, David was the king of Israel. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He had a number of wives. But one day, David became discontent. We begin in 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. And they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. See, King David was older. These were his latter years. He probably should have gone out with the army. He didn't have to fight, but he could have been there as a moral support, but he didn't. He, he stayed home, and he should have left. Well, while the armies were out, one evening, David took some steps. Now, remember we told you that this commandment is always bubbling in our hearts. It's an attitude. David had wives, but he became discontent. Before he saw anything, he was discontent about people. And we begin and and see what happens. Look at verse 2. One evening, David got up from his bed, and he walked around on the roof of the palace. On the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Today, Pastor Mark taught about discontent and wanting other people's stuff. You were reminded that this attitude began at a young age, like when you wanted another kid's bigger ice cream cone. (laughs) You learned what the source of this envy is and how the devil encourages it. Pastor Mark reminded you that it's impossible to overcome this without the Holy Spirit working in you. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Greener Grass. He'll talk more about the dangers of envy and coveting why God doesn't want you to have that kind of thinking. You'll be reminded that acts like stealing and adultery don't begin with the physical act, but in the mind. You'll learn how to fortify yourself against those trains of thought. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, 10 Living Words. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.